All right, it's the Keef to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees sweep the White Sox. I was really worried this week after the Yankees lost the Garrett Cole game at Texas that they could lose all four to the Rangers, then potentially get swept by the White Sox, be under 500, and have the season spiral out of control. And the complete opposite happened. The Yankees are now 1-6 in a row. They sweep the White Sox after being 1-6 in uh, series finales with a chance to sweep. They're now 2-6, and six, their second sweep of the season after sweeping the Tigers to begin uh, this month. And I was really worried about the White Sox. And I know I still should be. Lucas Giolito didn't pitch. Lance Lynn didn't pitch. They have some injuries. The Yankees also have some injuries, though. And the White Sox, uh, I was surprised they didn't hit Jordan Montgomery. I was surprised they didn't hit Jamison Tyone. I wasn't surprised with Cole's performance, given that he was coming off the worst start of uh, his Yankees tenure, one of the worst starts of his career, really. You knew he'd be good, uh, but the other two games, the Friday and Sunday game, surprised me. Uh, and the Yankees sweep the White Sox. They go into that off day after 13 games and 13 days. They're doing great, doing great. Really not much to say. You know, there are some lineup issues, but there will always be lineup issues for as long as Aaron Boone is manager of the Yankees. Uh, the only real news to come of late is that Aaron Hicks has opted for surgery, so there is a chance that he'll play or he could come back at the end of the season, but let's be fucking honest here. It's Aaron Hicks. There's... No way he's playing again uh, in 2021. That's it. See him in 2022 when he'll be 32, going on 33, and four years left on that contract. And Jason Dominguez better fucking pan out because Aaron Hicks cannot be counted on to be an everyday player. He could, he could never really be counted on to be an everyday player. And to count on him to be an everyday player now going into his age 32 season, 33, 34, 35, and then the Yankees will buy him out after that. But the Yankees need a center fielder. They'll have to figure something out. You cannot run Brett Gartner out there every day. He cannot play against left-handed pitching. We've seen that. And the more you play him against the righties, the more worn down he'll be and the less effective he'll be later in the season. So the Yankees have to go out and make a move. They have a couple months to do that. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do in the meantime. You can put Frazier out there, I guess, sometimes. You can put Judge out there sometimes. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. They they have to get a center fielder, someone who can play Major League Baseball and play it every day or close to every day. So that's the one big problem here. John Carlos Stanton could be back uh, on Tuesday night or his return is imminent. So one less guy injured. Uh, Frazier's back. He played on Sunday after the neck problem. Sanchez came back after the cramp problem. So Hicks is the only guy that remains out from the everyday lineup. And the Yankees will not play a single game in 2021 with their expected everyday lineup. Because Voight was out when Hicks was here. Now Hicks is out and Voight is back. Stanton's coming back. Same thing happened 2019. Uh, so... Injuries, once again, having a big effect and big impact on the Yankee season. But the Yankees swept the White Sox, and White Sox Dave of Barstool Sports joined me to talk about the series the way he does every time the Yankees and White Sox play. So let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk Yankees-White Sox with the Yankees coming off a huge sweep, three-game sweep of the White Sox, is White Sox Dave from Barstool Sports. Dave, I don't know. I, I was worried. I was scared about going into that weekend, but looking back, I— I was shouldn't have been scared scared or worried at all. I mean, it, it's fucking baseball. You know? <laughs> I thought I was legit pissed because I think of you as one of the few rationally minded Yankees fans on the planet. And like we talked about this the last time I did your show, like you you get shit on for being negative when it's really more realistic. And two of those games were complete toss ups, and the White Sox played like asshole. <laughs> all three games like the first game Carlos Herdon shoved it was a that was a coin flip game you know that wasn't that that was a I think what I think is what it was is a preview of the ALCS 
game two, obviously Cole versus Keuchel, that that swimming upstream. Then game three, uh, was it Cease? Uh, Cease looked good for three, four innings or whatever. Then uh, lost his command a little bit. Like that's it's baseball. They didn't hit. Their two best hitters arguably are out of the lineup right now. They're forced to play all these horrific baseball players that are four automatic outs at the bottom of the lineup. Like you got, you got Like you're saying like, Oh, this White Sox team's trash. You're smarter than that. Neil. You're no. smarter than that. No, obviously I don't think that. And I told you last time we talked in February that it's, I think the best two teams in the AL would be the Yankees and White Sox. It kind of seems like that to me, the White Sox have a much easier path to getting to represent the American League in the World Series, only because the AL Central is an absolute joke. They'll play 78 games against four teams that suck, and three of those teams really suck. And so they're going to get the pass to the ALDS. They'll be there. The Yankees, meanwhile, have to battle the Rays. They've got to battle the Blue Jays. The Red Sox are surprising, even though at some point I think they'll fall apart. So the Yankees have a much harder path. They could end up in the one-game playoff. I don't think anybody would be shocked at that. So long-term, yes, the White Sox are fine, but... When I, when I think about the White Sox, and yeah, I know Jimenez is out, I know Luis is out, and I think I think about those guys being out, but at the same time, the Yankees were without Stanton. Hicks, who I hate, but he didn't play. You saw a lot of Brett Gardner, Mike Ford, Frazier was hurt, Tyler Wade was playing. So the White Sox had their injuries, but the Yankees have injuries just like them. I just think looking at them in a small three-game sample size, I am not anywhere near as scared of the White Sox as I used to be. And as someone who recently bet on Carlos Rodon against the the Royals, I couldn't be farther away from being a fan of that guy. He's, I don't get him. And I know White Sox fans were chirping me. I don't know if it's because you retweeted something, but they were like, "What are every is the every Yankees fan a fucking idiot? This guy's great. This guy's great. This guy's not great. He's had six what good starts to the season. His career has been mediocre at best. I don't get the the whole yeah. love fest with him. Uh, this, all right. Well, go and look. I mean, look at it from 30,000 feet. We'll, we'll talk specifically on Carlos Rodon right now. And, yes, the Yankees, like, we can get to all that, the Yankees injuries, um, kind of balancing out the White Sox injuries, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to talk specifically about Carlos Rodon right now. Carlos Rodon has had Tommy John surgery. He tore his labrum. And he, uh, he fucked up his hamstring two years ago. Like, he has been an injury machine. And it's due to poor mechanics. He was a lot of arms. And if you go and look at, like, his baseball savant profile, fan graphs, all that stuff, you'll see that consistently since his draft year in 2014, his forcing fastball velocity has been on a slow decline to the point where he was sitting 91, 92 miles an hour prior to 2019. 2020 comes along, he, uh, he gets hurt again. He comes back in the playoff game against the Oakland A's, and he's humming 98. And I, t- I talked to Radon here and there. Um, not, I'm not like buddy, buddy with him, but enough where I could shoot him a text and just shoot the shit with him. And he's like, yeah, like I, I, like I'm a free agent after this year. I, I have to, like, I have to be better. And I, like, I could always get by undominated with my raw stuff. I can't do that anymore. Like, this is a wake up call. I'm going to come back and you watch. I wanted the White Sox to sign him. They ended up non-tendered him. It was his, he wasn't a free agent. He was um, uh, it was his last year arbitration eligibility, but then he comes back, he gets with Ethan Katz, his extension's great. And look where his fastball's at. It's three and a half miles faster than what it was two years ago. And not only that, he can locate it. And not only that, he's working off his changeup, which has become his best pitch. 
his changeup was always the pitch that everyone said, if he can develop that, he might be a really good pitcher. He was always fastball slider with dog shit mechanics, just trying to throw the ball by everybody. This is not the Carlos Rodon that you had seen prior to this season. This is the Carlos Rodon that they drafted third overall that probably should have gone first overall in the 2014 draft. He is a different pitcher, and he will be right there for the Cy Young at the end of the year. I'm not saying he's going to win it. Garrett Cole will probably win it. But, I mean, if Carlos Rodon is you know, third, fourth in the Cy Young, they're paying $3 million this year, and he gets 175, 180 quality, quality, quality innings. That's a really good return on an investment. And not only that, you're pairing him with Lance Lynn, who's been nails, who's been awesome. Giolito had two or three bad starts in a row, but he was awesome uh, his last start, uh, 11 or 12 strikeouts or something in, in six innings. Uh, then you got Dylan Cease, who has turned a corner. Obviously, he had the one bad inning last week. And then you got Dallas Keuchel, who's probably their worst pitcher, who will still go out and give you six, seven innings of three, four runs, which should be enough to keep you in the game. Like, you're talking about how the White Sox are trash. The White Sox are not trash. <laughs> I didn't say they're trash. The I said, to me, they're, like, I had this idea that the Yankees, going back to last Monday when Cole got lit up by the Rangers, I was like, well, he doesn't pitch again until Saturday. The Yankees could lose th- three more to the Rangers. Then they could get swept by the White Sox. So, certainly, they went out and won all six rather than lose them. I just was very scared about the Yankees with their injury concerns, with the fact that Montgomery would start against the White Sox, Tyone would start against the White Sox, the Yankees' two worst starters sandwiched around Cole. I was very worried about this weekend and looking back at it that all I have to, I'm not saying they're trash I I I think in my opinion in my head going in I thought the White Sox were better than they are and maybe they still are and you just you just laid a good picture but I, what's that you saw their three worst games of the year <laughs> I don't know I've I've the White Sox have cost me a good amount of money this year so they've had some other bad games but yeah they're, they're 17 and 9 against the Central that's how they that's how they got their wins if you bet on the White Sox this year, you should be cleaning up. Especially no, if you just bet on left-handed pitching. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery threw a game of his life. Yeah, that I, was like, surprising because he's not good. So that was a shocker. Jordan Montgomery isn't you, – you say he's not good. Just because you say he's not good doesn't mean he shouldn't be in a rotation on most rotations in baseball. Jordan Montgomery is a, a perfectly adequate big league pitcher who has the potential to go and shove for six innings and 11 strikeouts or whatever it was like uh, last Friday. Well, that was that's the I mean, best start of his career. That was the that was not it's not it it's not debatable. Best. He was career high strikeouts, seven innings shutout. He'll that is a shocker. And for someone who's seen every single one of his starts in the majors, he didn't he wasn't crooked number Montgomery who you know cruises along for four innings and then gives up a five spot in the fifth inning or something like that. So that was an anomaly. That's I don't expect to see him come out against the Blue Jays this week and do the same thing. But yeah, he he had an all time start. No, and what I mean if if a big league pitcher has an all time start. They, that big league pitcher is shutting down 29 other teams in baseball. It doesn't matter who that big league pitcher is. Like, all right, if you want to, if you want to throw outliers out there, I watched Phil Umber throw a perfect game 10 years ago <laughs> out of baseball a couple weeks later. Like those, that those things happen. Like to say the White Sox, and that's the word you use. You use the word trash. No, I didn't. I never you said trash. I said trash. overrated. I said overrated, which they, I think you they are. Trash. You said trash on Twitter. I'm going to search and, it right and, now. I don't think I said that. 
I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I said overrated a few times. Didn't say trash. I wouldn't say that because they're not trash. They're certainly one of the best teams in the AL. And But when you're going against Montgomery, who's a lefty with your right-handed lineup, okay, you, you you're seeing Tyone, who can't even – Tyone hasn't been able to get through like four and a third innings most starts, and he looked good. So, I mean, I just am surprised at the White Sox performance. Yeah, so was I. I mean, like, there's going to be a, a stretch where the Yankees – okay, uh, let's let's just throw a random team out there. All right, the Yankees go to the West Coast and play the Angels, uh, the Dodgers in an interleague series, and then uh, the Giants and the Mariners and like, a long West Coast uh, uh, road stand. And there's going to be a stretch where the Yankees lose three and four in a row. Judge looks like shit, like a Brave looks like shit until it's bombed. And the, White, or, and the Yankees go and, and – and, throw up just dud after dud it's baseball it's a long season every team in the league there's not one dominant team in the league this year i mean even the dodgers have struggled a little bit like there's gonna be stretches like that from every single team it just so happened that the yankees saw the white white Sox at the right time and anybody who knows baseball knows it's not who you play it's when you play them the baltimore orioles are gonna have three or four games where they look like world beaters and they beat the shit out of everybody that's baseball like that's just how it goes. <laughs> I think you're you're very like you're overly. You normally you're more in line. You're more realist. You're just I don't know. You're justifying. It was a bad weekend. I get that. It was a bad weekend. Like you said, they happened. But that's a huge series. That's a series that could determine home. That could determine where games one and two the ALCS are played. And you're just rubbing it off like it was nothing. I'm not rubbing it off like it was nothing. I was fucking pissed. I was I was I was mad at the top. Like Tim Anderson, he's been struggling. Like, I, I've said this time and time again in the last few weeks since Robert went down, especially, is if the top of the order for the White Sox right now doesn't hit, then the White Sox don't score. The White Sox top of the order didn't hit. Tim Anderson went for, like, a 2-for-22 slump or something. Um, Abreu was he was scuffling a, a little bit. Grandal hasn't hit the ball like he should be, um, though he is getting on base. Like, if those guys aren't producing the runs for the lineup, then you're relying on Lurie Garcia. <laughs> Billy Hamilton and these aren't guys that like and Jake Lamb Jake those three players Garcia Lamb and Hamilton were literally added to the team with a handful of days left in the fucking se- or in the spring training like they didn't have a team and the White Sox were still because they're they're two Adam Engel who has turned into a great fourth outfielder and um and another guy another prospect they have both went down with injuries these are legitimately their sixth seventh and eighth options in the outfield and they're starting every single day they both have like, like hamilton lamb's actually been not horrible but Lamin or uh, uh garcia and hamilton both have like 50 weighted runs created plus they're horrific like they're guaranteed <laughs> out I'd rather have a lance lynn hitting for himself in those situations <laughs> like that's how it goes that's how it goes like we gotta tread water the white Sox. i don't like saying we when speaking about the white Sox. But the White Sox have to tread water, which they will because their division is dog shit. And once these guys get healthy, once teams are ready to start making trades, because they are going to be adders at the deadline, they're going to be buyers, like this team's going to get better. So, like, if you don't respect the White Sox now, you should be because this team is on the cusp of being very good. And all these Yankees fans with their Derek Jeter profile pictures and Aaron <laughs> they're like, oh, fuck, Corey Kluber. It's like, dude. Like they've been great. I was wrong there. I thought the Yankees rotation. You did shit. You did shit on Kluber a lot early on. I, I hey, 
I can admit when I'm wrong, though. That's the difference. But at least I have the balls to have it take and make a prediction. <laughs> it's easy to regurgitate a box score and say, hey, this is what happened in a game. Why don't you tell me what's going to happen in the next game? Give me a take. Give me an I opinion. I like that. Well, I think the Yankees, Breakdown. I mean, certainly they caught a break that that Giolito and Linden in pitch because I think, you know, the series would have been different given the Yankees' inability to hit right-handed pitching. And Lynn was fucking garbage as a Yankee in the half season. He was one, so it wouldn't surprise me to, like, throw a complete game shutout against the Yankees. So they did catch a break there. They didn't see the, you know, probably who would start games one and two or, you know, two out of the first three at least if Rodon's getting one of them in a, in a postseason series. So, yeah, they did catch a break. Um, for you, are you worried that – Tony LaRusse is a fucking idiot, and he's managing this team that could go to the World Series. My everybody's worried about Tony LaRusse in the clubhouse right now, and I can tell. At, I I I was listening to ESPN One Thousand the other day, just two or three days ago, when which is like our our flagship uh, sports talk radio out here in Chicago, and I called in because they're all they're, everybody's talking about is how he's going to tear apart the clubhouse. I wish he would clubhouse. Could not be better. It literally could not be better. They have respect for Larusa. Larusa has respect for them. He has his way of thinking. They have theirs. But they're all adults and they're all professionals, and they can have disagreements and still perform at the best of the level. What I'm worried about Larusa is his tactical decisions on the field, because he plays it fucking old school, 1980s, uh, just by the book baseball, and he like he's very stubborn about it. And we saw it twice in the Yankee series. When he fucked up, he should have had Hendrickson instead of Marshall in the last inning when the Sox lost game one. And then he did that again when Bummer started the ninth inning in game three. Like, it's, it's, that was bad. That was really bad. And that's what worries me. It not, has nothing to do with, like, a mutiny in the clubhouse or anything. That's just stupid. When you say so, Lance has a locker, I have an office. I don't know how the relationship there could be real great. Well, they, he played for La Russa for a couple of years in St. Louis. They have, like, history more than any history than anybody else on the White Sox has with La Russa. And what did Lance Lynn do last night? Seven shutdown innings against the Cardinals where he gave up a cheap run on an air. And yeah, I mean, like, certainly it's baseball, and the guys are going to go out there and perform. They're worried about, you know, future earnings. They're not going to go out there and suck because Tony La Russa is their manager. It's not like, you know, it's not like hockey where you can, you know, have a less of an effort and it's be less noticeable than in baseball. You can't go out there and go 0 for 50 because you hate the manager. But it, I, I don't – it's hard to believe that things are great in the clubhouse and everyone's fucking la-di-da and kumbaya over in Chicago with the way, you know, these stories have been blowing up the last week or so. It, that's all the media's fault. The media is talking about La Russa and his comments like, uh, like, oh, he has a locker, instead of focusing on the shit that they should be. And it, it makes me mad, actually. Like, I'm not – I wish I had – well, I don't wish, but <laughs> right now for this since I do wish I had the ability to shove a microphone in La Russa's face and the players' faces uh, <laughs> because every last one of them would tell you that the locker room is more than okay. It's, I mean, you have a boss, you have a day job. I've had a billion different bosses where I've either hated them, loved them, didn't care about them, they were indifferent to me, and guess what? I went out there and I performed the best of my abilities and I cared about all my, all my coworkers. And if I didn't, then we just wouldn't talk to each other. It's no <laughs> different in a baseball clubhouse. Like, you're, there's going to be disagreements. And, like, Tony La Russa managed, he, he, I mean, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, Ricky Henderson, all these like exuberant, uh, flamboyant personalities, and those teams won World Series. Like he's gonna be fine in that regard. 
Yeah. And, and even like Herman Mercedes, he, he came out there. He's like, yeah, Tony and I had a great talk. We ended up hugging it out and fist bumping each other after the conversation. And, and to Tony's defense, Mercedes just completely ignored a take sign. And well, who's fucking giving like, a take hey, sign? Why were you giving a take sign? That's the problem. Not him ignoring it. There shouldn't be a take. There should be no. You fucking talk about respecting the game. Don't put a fucking a, a, a position player into pitch if you want to respect the game. If someone comes in here lobbing, what if your Mercedes hits 19 home runs and he goes to arbitration and they're like, well, you're going to make $2 million more, but you didn't hit that 20th home run? I, I hear you loud and clear there. I'm playing devil's advocate. LaRusa said, and no one focuses on this part, he gave him the take sign because he, he knew he was going to swing. And he didn't want anybody getting thrown at because they can't afford any more injuries. So, like, what if Tim Anderson comes up the next day leading off the game and he takes one off the hand or off the neck or wherever and he's out for two weeks? The White Sox are fucked. And hmm. nobody focuses on that part. Like, I, it's hard for me to defend LaRusa right now for his tactical moves. But for that, I understand his point. I understand his point. And, he, like, I, not, but at the same time, I do get, like, hey, keep that to your fucking selves. <laughs> like, don't say that in the media. Have your players back in the media and maybe lambast him behind closed doors. I get that. But I also get what he meant saying, hey, like, I didn't want anybody getting thrown at the next day because we swung 3-0. And, and look where he grew up. He grew up, you know, in a different era of baseball. Like, Ozzie Gein was on the post game saying, uh, yeah, I would have thrown at Mercedes too. Like, that's just the era that he grew up <laughs> Fucking on. Fucking Ozzie Gein. How to deal with now. <laughs> well, the craziest thing I think you've ever said, you tweeted over the weekend. Do Yankees fans like Aaron Boone, you asked? Uh, that was I, I, I knew that you would have a, a, a hot take on that. There's I'm no hot takes. There's only an answer. It's not, I mean, if you're a Yankees fan and you like Aaron Boone, you're a fucking moron and you're just like, you just, you know, you're, you're a casual Yankees fan. You grew up in the area. They're your team. You go to like a game here and there. You maybe watch if it's on and nothing else is on. But there's no one who actually watches this team that's like, I like Aaron Boone and he's good at what he does. Go look at the replies to that tweet. A lot of people said they do. Yeah, because probably a lot of morons who are fake fans follow you. There's no one who can watch this guy day in and day out and the decisions he makes and be like, yeah, he's, he, I like him. I, I, it's fucking, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Craziest, that's crazier yep. than anything I could think of regarding the Yankees, that someone could be like, I like Aaron Boone. I, I would imagine that's the case for most fan bases. Like, I feel like if I, like, all right, uh, I'm trying to think of a random team right now. Who's the manager for the, um, I'm trying to think of someone super random. Who's the manager for the, uh, I know all the managers. I don't know, just throw like, all right, so do you think Seattle fans like uh, Survey? Um, I mean, I'm sure there are fans that have like an issue with what he does. And yes, you're going to have issues with the manager. I'm talking like there's a daily issue. Like there's something new every day that he does. That's so fucking dumb. You think it can't be topped. And then the next day comes and he tops that. And Joe Girardi for 10 years. Yeah. He did things that I didn't agree with, or he did idiotic things. And, and over time you realize, okay, maybe there's a reason Aaron Boone every day does something and it's not like you can give him the benefit of the doubt because he's done so many dumb things at this point. And like like yesterday they had a day off. It would not surprise me if tonight like Aaron Judge has the night off because he'll say, oh, well, he had the day off yesterday, he gets the day off today, and then that's like back-to-back days off, and then we'll DH him on fucking Wednesday. Like th- These are just like tactical lineup things, in-game decisions he shouldn't even be allowed to have. And I've always said the Yankees – 
sort of need a manager they need like some nfl teams have a place kicker and then they have the guy who does kickoffs the yankees need like a manager like boone can be the guy who plays cards on the plane and is fun in the clubhouse and then a guy in the dugout who actually manages in game because he has no fucking idea what he's doing and maybe a mariners fan like survey or you know i'm sure well larus is different because he's like such a lightning rod character but i'm sure every fan base has issues with their manager not every single day fair point very fair point, but I, I just think it's a thankless job in general. Like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because everybody's thinking in hindsight 99% of the time. Like, I, I'm thinking, like, like when Kevin Cash pulled uh, Snell last year in the playoffs. Was that against the Yankees, actually? That was no, against no, no, that Dodgers, was yeah. Against the Dodgers. Uh, like, he went with the math, and he did what the book told him to do. And if the if the Rays would have got out of that inning, no one would have thought twice about it. But since they yanked him, since he was cruising, like I don't, I just think it, there's a lot of hindsight involved. Yeah. But like with uh, like with everything that you described with with Boone right there, that's the kind of stuff that would drive me crazy. Because I think that the manager's sole purpose should be to put the team in the best position possible to win as he many doesn't, games yeah. as possible. And and Tony Larusa multiple times this year has not done that. Like whether like you saw Andrew Vaughn, he is going to be such an incredible hitter, man. And it's going to be, I mean, he's really not going to take off, take off. I would say probably until like mid season next year because he's so young. But like you saw him turn around on a Rolls Chapman's fastball as a 22 year old who's never seen pitching above high A until this year. Like there's been instances this year where Lurie Garcia has pinch hit for Andrew Vaughn, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I don't care if Vaughn strikes out on three pitches. Like, he at least has the potential to do what he did in Sunday's game. And he did it again last night. He had, they had Sox were down 2-1 in, like, the fifth, and he hit – or uh, one nothing rather, and he hit a, uh, a, a two-out bomb with the runner on so uh, to give them the lead. Like, there, it's shit like that. It's like, dude, quit – like, and, and – uh, Jim Leland, one of my favorite baseball guys ever, I think he said it best. Like, give me talent over experience all day. Like, I don't care if a dude's been in the league for eight years. Like, if the rookie is better, play the fucking rookie. Yeah. That's how it should be. That's, like, my biggest issue with, with uh, LaRusso right now is that he's got such an affinity for these grindy kind of utility type. No, decks, I like, hate that. The ball. Yeah, it's just like, dude, get out of here. That's what the Yankees like, all do. The numbers- it's it's and i think that sooner or later baseball is going to weed out the brett boons and the larusas of the world and you're going to see nothing but kevin cashes and um like i i know this is at the executive level but the the jeff lunows and the it's that's what it's going to be so so like right now in the front office we see a lot of these analytic types guys and that's going to start trickling down to the dugout and they're just going to be like an offshoot of the front office and it's not going to be the prototypical and i'm doing air quotes you can't see it baseball guys in the dugout anymore and i think boone and larusa and those guys days are numbered yeah so, but boone is supposed to be he claims he's an analytics guy but he also bats rugnet odor fucking cleanup so i don't know how many how much analytics he's into i just i you know i always wonder this about other teams because people say oh every fan base has an issue with their manager is tony larusa giving fucking everyday players and extra like it, are your guys getting a day off every single week just a fucking day off for, for no reason um not really uh a brave doesn't i mean a brave missed like four or five games last week because 
he rolled his ankle. And but other than that, he's playing like 155 games a year. Um, Grandal plays like three, four times a week. I feel like, which is ridiculous. And then, um, but my biggest issue is that he just he plays Lurie Garcia every single day, every <laughs> single day. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Like I haven't looked at the stats in a while, but I would guess that he's top five in the team in in plate appearances, which is an outrageous. All right, Dave. Well, Yankees, White Sox, they don't see each other again till late in the summer, the uh, the Field of Dreams game, and then in Chicago for Saturday and Sunday. So a lot of baseball to be played between the next two times these teams meet. Maybe we'll check in along the way if, uh, you know, Tony LaRusso gets fired or something like that. So, but big year, big year ahead. <laughs> I'll say that, that that will not happen. The only way Tony LaRusso is not the manager of this team um, is if he resigns on his own, which it, I would be shocked if that happened too. He's Jer- he's Jerry Reinsdorf's guy. Uh, yeah. It was a Jerry Reinsdorf hire. It was nobody else's decision other than Jerry Reinsdorf, and that's all there is to it. Like that's all there is to it. <laughs> all right, Dave. Thanks again for taking the time to come on. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. We'll catch up uh, before the Field Dreams game. All right. Thanks again to Dave for taking the time to come on and talk about the White Sox. I never said they were trash. I said they were overrated, and I think they are. They're 17 and 9 against the Central. The Central fucking sucks. They'll play 78 games against the Indians and the Twins and the Royals and the Tigers. It's an unfair advantage to them to get to the ALDS. The Yankees, meanwhile, are battling all season. They will be to stay out of the one game playoffs. So, yeah, the White Sox have a better path to get to the ALCS or the World Series than the Yankees do. Uh, but I don't think they're better. I think we saw that. And yes, Giolito and Linden to pitch. Rodon did, though. They saw Keuchel. They saw Cease. They saw the lesser of the starting pitchers. Uh, it would be a fun seven-game series against them. It would be one. Be a lot of heartache and disappointment and frustration, I'm sure, hopefully ending in enjoyment and jubilation. Uh, but it would be a battle. It would be a fucking grind against the White Sox in a seven-game series. So that'll do it for today. Yankees back at home against the Blue Jays here for a few days and a lot of tough games coming up. So Yankees Blue Jays on Tuesday night at the stadium. I'll be back after the game to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you after the game.